All right, everybody. Programming update here. Uh, we are going to kick things off with the Georgia Tech preview going down on Saturday. Uh, Grayson and myself, this is Pat, by the way, we jump in and talk things hokey history. We talk a little bit about Georgia Tech's year, and uh, we spray a little spray a little hopium on the Hokies. I think I think we we can win this weekend, but we'll see. Following the Georgia Tech preview, uh, Grayson hosted Brandon Guess. Brandon Guess is a Navy veteran. Uh, Brandon and Billy Ray were actually roommates in San Diego when Billy Ray lived out in San Diego. Uh, I myself, Grayson, and Billy Ray have all spent time with Brandon, uh, so it's fired up that he joined Grayson uh, earlier this week. In the spirit of Veterans Day, which is next Friday, the 11th of November, we wanted to put our Sons of Utprosum hats back on and be able to bring awareness to a fantastic organization called Stop Soldier Suicide. Uh, a friend of mine in the class of 2017 uh, from Tech, Morgan Cheryl, works there and brought it to my attention that um, you know, we'd love to do some type of partnership there and uh, get some awareness to uh, Stop Soldier Suicide, SSS. So uh, we had Brandon on and he talked about his experience in combat. Um, and I know that uh, he has some some stories to share and I uh, really just want to bring light to the subject. So what you can do, uh, you can check out the article that we're going to be posting uh, with this podcast on sonsofsaturday.com slash VT. We are uh, looking to hit a fundraising goal for Stop Soldier Suicide. We're looking to raise $250. So if you would like to contribute, please head on over to the link on our fundraising page on sonsofsaturday.com slash VT. And uh, again, thank a veteran this Veterans Day. And uh, in the spirit of Udprosum and the uh, in incredible Corps of Cadets tradition that Virginia Tech uh, is enthralled in, uh, we love to be able to highlight an organization like this. So Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you, Grayson. And uh, let's kick it over to this Georgia Tech preview before uh, sitting down with Brandon. Enjoy, everybody. everybody we are back it is tuesday november 1st georgia tech week uh, we are here delivering the georgia tech preview out on the west coast we have grayson wimbish dialing in from los angeles virginia tech class of 2018 uh, and this is pat finn calling in from charlotte north carolina we are the sons of saturday and we're bringing you our Georgia Tech preview. Um, Grayson, what have you been up to? What's going on? Little uh, status update, life update. You know, we got to do some things between between L's. You know, what do you yeah. do during the week between watching the Hokies crush your hopes and dreams? Yeah, man. So, uh, so I actually I said it on the podcast this past weekend. Uh, you know, was home for a wedding, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, so that took up 
a nice healthy bit of the bye week. But now that I'm back in Los Angeles, man, it's I was sick last week, which really sucked. Uh, so I wasn't doing a whole lot of anything. And now this week, dude, it's trying to get my ducks back in a row, getting back in the rhythm of going to work and uh, been doing a lot of outreach, dude, because I'm trying to get back into to film and television. So i um, been sending uh, the resume out and about. So there you go. <laughs> Got to get out of the uh, out of the service industry. So that's what's going on with me. And then this. So here we go. Previewing Georgia Tech. What about you, man? What, what, what are you getting into? I was going to say, if you were listening and you got any connects in the uh, in the Hollywood Hills, yeah. hit up our board. Holler at me. GraysonSaturday.com. Uh, I am uh, – I'm just hanging out. Um, listening to a lot of Zach Bryan lately. He has been <laughs> really just – setting the world on fire. There's really some solid live sets that he has on YouTube that are just like out of control. Good. Uh, enjoying fall down here in Charlotte. You know, it's like seventies out pretty solid weather. If I do say so myself, uh, better than spring Pat Finn or comparable, you know, it's, it's just as good. Just as good. I won't scold you too much, but it's, (laughs) I'm not going to say what I like better. I'm just going to say, you know, People like to overdo it a little bit. We know what you're thinking, dog, so it's cool. But we're going to put on a brave face and do this preview podcast. Got to say, before we even jump into that, basketball. Basketball is coming. We're you know, seven days away from men's and women's basketball. Uh, we just had Liz Kitley and, uh, and George Amore on the show earlier this week. And the basketball team, both sides. The men's team. The women's team, I mean, are you fired up? So gassed. Women's team ranked, I think, highest they've ever been in the preseason, coming in at, uh, at 13. The fellas, no secret, coming hot off uh, an ACC title and, uh, and a little tournament run there. Um, lots of basketball content. Like, like Pat just said, Billy Ray and Bryce Chalkley just sat down with Liz in Georgia, Athlete of the Week podcast. We also have an interview with Coach Brooks, Coach Kenny Brooks coming out. Uh, and a little uh, a little pump up video will drop on the TL. Uh, so stay tuned for that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That'll be coming Yo. up uh, tomorrow. Should be fun. Did you lose yeah. it? So um, we're going to kick things off with a hooky haiku here, brought to you by our friends at the Main Street Pharmacy, Doctor Jeremy Counts, where you are a neighbor, not a number. Head on down there, pick up a new Center Street Athletics t-shirt uh, that we did a little collab with our friends at Nitlo, Center Street Athletics. Check them out on social media. Uh, you can buy them on nitlo.com. That's K-N-I-T-L-O.com or at the storefront at the pharmacy. Uh, Jeremy's got them at the pharmacy. Pete McGee submitted a hokey haiku. Saw Pete last week at Carter Finley. Twice in one season, or I guess three times in one season now, Pete and I, we, uh, we, we exchanged the away game glance uh, across the sections uh, in Raleigh, in the triangle. Did it at uh, Carolina, too. He says, Battle of the Techs, RSN, can't watch again. Eat bees for breakfast. Hmm. All right, Grayson, set the table. What's going on with this tilt, this noon thrilling Tilts on RSN uh, on Saturday. What's going on? 
Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think it's a secret that every game is a coin flip for bowl eligibility from, from here on out. Virginia Tech has four games left in the month of November. Today is November 1st. We got Georgia Tech this Saturday, followed by the very well-coached Duke Blue Devils the weekend after. Then we got the currently 23rd-ranked Liberty Flames. Scared for that one. And we cap the season like we always do against the Virginia Cavaliers on Thanksgiving weekend. Not a single one of these games is a guaranteed win. Not one of them, uh, which is which is terrifying. But it's kind of a miracle that we're currently favored in this matchup against Georgia Tech. It'll be interesting to see how that fluctuates throughout the week. Um, and it's worth noting Georgia Tech has three wins this season. They are against out-of-conference Western Carolina, the Pittsburgh Panthers, which is impressive, and the Duke Blue Devils. And so in their most recent football outing, the last team that they played were the um, was the Florida State Seminoles, and they lost big time, 41-16. to uh, So, And Florida State I really don't think is all that great this season. So the, the Coastal, the, the ACC is a mess. Outside of Clemson, it's just it's a complete mess. So that's that's setting the table. That's what's going on right now. I was going to say that uh, that win that they have over Duke might actually be more impressive than the win that they have over Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Duke is playing good football right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we got we got some tough games left on the schedule. So we'll see. I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm I mean, nervous. <laughs> Duke's coming off a bye. Duke just routed Miami the week before. And almost knocked off Carolina um, on the 15th. And then Duke goes up to Boston College on Friday night. I mean, Boston College might be – I know that they're saying that Tech is the worst team in the ACC. You look at the, the power rankings from the folks you know, around the networks, they usually are having us at 14. But if it's not us in those rankings, it's, it is Boston College. I mean, Boston College is just really, really bad this year. Um, so Duke should get win number seven. Let's see. They got one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Win number six. Duke's looking at win number six. They're looking at a bowl game here this weekend. So then we go to town, uh, in Durham on the 12th, but this is not about Duke. This is about Virginia tech. We're going to jump into hooky history, but before we do that, our good friends at CMG leasing, is leasing up for the 2023-2024 school year Cedar Point Apartments. Brand new apartments at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. They have studio and two-bedroom apartments fully furnished. So all you got to do is bring your TV. Hey, Black Friday is later this month. Maybe you can get a nice TV deal to bring your Cedar Point apartment. They have internet, they have water, and they have trash all included in your rent uh, here at the Cedar Point Apartments, there is a resident lounge. There's outdoor grilling, covered bike storage, a fitness center, gym, a swimming pool with a sun deck, uh, a ton of space for you to socialize, mingle, and meet uh, other fantastic Hokies. Right now, go to Cedar Point Apartments and mention Sons of Saturday. Take a tour of Cedar Point and get a $15 Sharkies gift card. Tell them the Suns sent you. We'll also be doing another ticket giveaway with our friends at Cedar Point this month. This is the Battle of the Techs. <laughs> looking, looking down at the list of games, 
that we have enjoyed with Georgia Tech over the past decade and a half kind of makes me sad. It really does because there were some really good football games between these two teams uh, back in the early days of when the ACC to see expanded in 2004 and even some uh, some early 2010 games as well. But we will uh, we'll start it from the most recent games that are notable, that are fun to talk about, that might, might not be fun to talk about as well. Virginia Tech leads this series 11-7. to uh, This will be the 19th meeting on Saturday. We have been playing annually since 2004, aside from the COVID year of 2020, where Georgia Tech was actually removed from the schedule in the 10-plus-1 scheduling ordeal that they did uh, last minute for the COVID year. We went down there last year. This was uh, what I would like to call the Trey Turner game. Trey Turner had over 180 yards receiving this game, uh, played out of his mind, uh, and got a nice win for the Hokies. 2019 was the 45-0 shutout in Atlanta. If you remember, Caleb Farley had a pick six that game, and we just absolutely dominated this Georgia Tech team from beginning to end. 2018 was actually the last time. Think about this, Grayson. Georgia Tech has not come to Lane Stadium since 2018. That's crazy. And it just doesn't seem that long, but it has been a while. That 2018 game was bad. The 2017 game was really bad. The 2016 game was also really bad. I watched highlights from the 2017 game in Atlanta. We lost 28-22. to It crushed our hopes for the Coastal Division. Um, It was really just a disaster. I remember we had the ball in like the 31-yard line with a minute left. It was fourth and one, and we take a shot to the end zone from the 32-yard line. Um, (laughs) Greg Stroman had a pick six that game. Sean Savoy. Sean Savoy actually might be one of the more underrated receivers we've ever had because if you compare him – If you put Sean Savoy on the roster today, Sean Savoy is is a star receiver, um, which is crazy to say. Sean Savoy had a pretty epic touchdown that day, but it was just totally forgotten since it was a losing effort. Also, Grayson, Jalen Holston had a touchdown in this game, 2017. That's how long he's been on this football team. Which is also wild. That's insane. And it's funny you mentioned that Sean Savoy touchdown. I don't remember that at all. I yeah. could not tell you from memory what play you're referring to. And you'll go, you'll go, you'll look it up on YouTube and you're like, wow, like I don't know if any guy on our offense would be able to do that with the exception of like Keyshawn King. Um, yeah. 2016 was a disaster. That was clinch miss that we, uh, we, we fumbled the bag on the opening kickoff and, you know, they never looked back. Let's go back to 2012. Cody Jernell hits the field goal in overtime. First ever overtime game in Lane Stadium history. It was on Labor Day night. It's a night game. It's a ton of fun. Had a nice Logan Thomas to Dimitri Knowles. Had a nice uh, Kyle Fuller interception to seal the game, I want to say. maybe Yeah, Kyle Fuller. Yep. Corey he Fuller had a great game. Yep. Those, those were fun times. 2012, were- we thought, you know, <laughs> beat Georgia Tech in 2012. First game of the year, think, you know, all right, we'll probably finish top 15 again. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're like eight and five or seven and six. It's brutal. Yeah. 2011. Awesome. Incredible. Just 
Great game. game. <laughs> Thursday night football. Logan Thomas had five touchdowns. Danny Cole, Jared Boykin, David Wilson had like 175 yards on the ground. It was just Virginia Tech football, and it looks yeah. so good. Uh, 2010, speaking of David Wilson, David Wilson loves that 2010 game, and, and so do we. The David Wilson kick return in the fourth quarter. I think Reese Davis was on the call. Jesse Palmer was there. Uh, that was fun. 2009, tough. I have written down the Joshua Nesbitt game. We went down there as the number four ranked team in the country, and we we had no answer for the triple option in Atlanta. Yep. And Paul Johnson. 2007, Jersey Gate. We tweeted about this today. Um, <laughs> Halloween night, or was it November 1st? November 1st, uh, 2007, where Glennon, Tyrod, Brandon Flowers, Cam Chancellor, all of their jerseys went missing. So out comes the Georgia Tech equipment staff with four Georgia Tech practice uniforms. And you got Sean Glennon writing his name in Sharpie on the back and backwards Nike swoosh, (laughs) which is classic. So classic. Uh, And then I got uh, a few more on here. 2005. And then, okay, wait, 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 2006. Yeah. The Calvin Johnson game, L, tough. They scored yeah. 38 points on our defense that was ranked number one that year. Um, yeah, the most potent offense that we faced all year. Uh, Reggie Ball and Calvin Johnson. 2005, college game day, 51-7. We absolutely destroyed this team. Grayson, who scored this game? I feel like Did- everyone Everyone got and in on the action. Everyone on that offense in 2005 got a taste. And this was an LPD day, too, for for scoring defense. Jeff King, tight end. A lot of Hokies remember him. Uh, first touchdown. Then DJ Parker had a 78-yard blocked field goal for a touchdown. Mike Emo, running back, uh, scored a touchdown. Cedric Humes scored a touchdown. And then this one, like, I, I always kind of forget this game, and I shouldn't, but Xavier DB, Coach DB, 25-yard interception pick six. That's not good enough. Then Chris Ellis has a 29-yard interception pick six. Two defensive pick sixes from neither of which are defensive backs. And then Brandon Pace, two regular field goals, and boom, 51-7. to And fun fact, who scored Georgia Tech's only touchdown? That would be Megatron Calvin Johnson. So there you go. What a what a game. Uh, yeah, what a team. What, what a, a team. team. Man, I know the uh, – you didn't even say Marcus Vick, which is kind of wild. Yeah, didn't score. Um, 2004, epic comeback in Atlanta. Brian Randall to Eddie Royal, 80 yards, Mike Tarico on the call. Uh, and then was it was it was it Harper? Was it Clowney? Who had who had the touchdown down the sideline? Uh, I, I think it was Harper. I think you might be right. Was I want to say I may, might be thinking of another, another game, but I think did Josh Hyman score in that game or am I OTL? Am I out to lunch? It was actually Josh Morgan. Josh Morgan. Got it. Josh Morgan. And then Roland Miner had a pick six at the end. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So a lot of fun games in the rear view. Uh, Georgia Tech this year 
They are three and five. They are two and three in conference. And coming into the season, everyone looked at Georgia Tech and they said, I don't know how they're going to win more than three games because this schedule was murderer's row from the get-go. As of now, their strength strength of schedule is um, 15th in the country. They lost to Clemson on Labor Day. They got absolutely crushed by Ole Miss. They lost to uh, Central Florida 27-10 on September 24th. And then Jeff Collins, their head coach, fourth-year head coach, was fired that next week. Since then, they promote the offensive line coach, Brent Key, and he takes over as interim head coach. Coach Key, 2-2, two and two, starts hot with a win over Pittsburgh and a win over Duke. Two teams in the Coastal that you know could, could give anyone in the conference a run for their money and then loses the following two weeks to UVA and then Florida State. So this has been an up-and-down year for Georgia Tech, without a doubt. They're coming to Blacksburg this weekend. After Blacksburg, they are going to host Miami. Then they go to Carolina. And then they finish up between the hedges in Athens on November 26th. So, high level, you're still thinking, can Georgia Tech win more than can they win more than three games? They're they're three and five right now. They got four games left on the schedule that, you know, they're probably not going to be favored in any of them. Uh, but we will see what happens. Georgia Tech is third in the country in turnover margin. They have 18 takeaways. Six, uh, they've turned the ball over six times, which is something that you usually don't see out of a three and five team. Um, and what else do we got here? They have scored 129 points this year. That's good for 16.1 points per game, which is 127th of 131. That is very close to where we are in scoring offense. Um, we're not going to get into that super nitty gritty here, but Grayson, can you tell us about a few of the leaders on the team and you know what they've done this year so far? Probably some names that we'll hear on Saturday. Yeah, a few uh, a few numbers for you, real quick. It's worth noting Georgia Tech has lost five out of their last six road games, which plays to our favor. Obviously, they're playing in Lane Stadium, twelve thirty p.m. EST, nine thirty a.m. PST on Saturday. QB Jeff Sims is completing 58.5% of his passes for 1,115 yards, five touchdowns, and three interceptions. Nate McCullum and EJ Jenkins have combined for 612 receiving yards and four touchdowns, while Malachi Carter has 14 receptions as well. Yellow Jackets' ground game is averaging 130.1 yards per contest, and Hassan Hall leads the way with 417 yards on 83 carries. It's pretty good. Defensively, Georgia Tech is allowing 28.1 points and 426 yards per game. That's pretty bad. Their defense is not great. So we'll see. I don't know. I hope I don't butcher this name. Ayinde Eli leads the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets with 82 tackles. Keon White has four sacks. And Charlie Thomas has two interceptions. So what do these numbers tell us at the end of the day? Well, it tells us that Virginia Tech has a chance, keyword is has a chance, to put up some bigger offensive numbers on Saturday. Will we actually be able to do that? I don't know. Keyshawn King, as of today, is listed as probable. 
Malachi Thomas is doubtful. The main question I think everyone's asking, we have some letters from the lunch pail about it, who's going to be running the football on Saturday consistently for Virginia Tech, and can that person be effective? If Jalen Olson is running back number one, and he's that guy for the bulk majority of the game, I wouldn't expect, and I'm, I'm not you know, trying to ostracize him or whatever, but, I mean, statistically, his numbers have not been great this season. Um, so my hope, I think, with along, along with a lot of other Hokies, is Bryce Duke gets the bulk majority of carries uh, now that we've burned his red shirt. Chance Black, I imagine, will get into the rotation as well, given his performance last week on the kickoff returns, though, did put – Super glue on your hands. Uh, can't have the fumbles, cannot have the turnovers, especially given the fact that Georgia Tech is good at forcing them this season, even though they are three and five. Um, so, Pat, let's talk about some more numbers. Yeah, and even um, even before we get into that, I think what we're going to see here on Saturday, or what I would like to see, you know, it, it seems that Virginia Tech is so, so dedicated to establishing the run. Um, can we establish the run without Malachi Thomas? You know, that is a huge question mark. Yeah. He is the guy that when he's on the field, this is a better football team, whether he is you know, catching passes out of the backfield or running the ball or in pass protection. Um, is Keyshawn King going to be available? You know, really who is going to get the bulk of the carries on Saturday? I would imagine Holston is going to start. That's what my gut would tell me, just based on there's no, um, there's no hesitancy about you know is he probable is he doubtful is he playing, um, but I hope to see Bryce Duke and, and Chance Black as well, but I really want to see us throw the ball, throw the football. Yeah, Caleb Smith just had a career day. He had 141 yards uh, through the air, or, uh, uh, on on Thursday night in Raleigh. He looked great. Caleb Smith is a guy who is averaging over 18 yards per reception. And every single time the ball is thrown to him, he makes a play. He's making plays. And our offense does not have that many playmakers. Now, so get the ball to Daquan Wright before the fourth quarter. quarter, Because guess what? He exists. He's one of the biggest guys on our offense. He has, I mean, the guy is going to the NFL. Like, we're buying the day Daquan Wright stock right now. He's going to the NFL one day. Throw him the ball. Do not just give it to him three times on one drive and then say, all right, that's the Daquan Wright drive. Or uh, not giving it to him the rest of the game. Because <laughs> we've seen that too many yeah. times. Give the ball to Daquan. Give the ball to Caleb Smith. Um, you know, air it out. Um, and then as far as special teams go, I don't think special teams can get any worse than what we saw on Thursday night. Um, and no penalties, dude. No penalties. Yeah, we haven't even No false that. starts, dog. Like, enough. It's November no now. None of that. If I if there are more than three false starts, I'm frisbeeing my remote out the window. Like, it's I, I just – I can't deal with that. It cannot happen. No false starts at home. No. Carter Finley was not, was not an intimidating venue, okay? Right. Um. So, yeah, no false starts. I got to say, guys, like, um, excited to see more of Delane. Like, this could be the week that we, we force some turnovers. I know Georgia Tech hasn't been turning the ball over, but we need to force turnovers if we want to win a football game. And a Georgia Tech team is the team that we have to do it against. Also, we talked about it in Hokie history. 
I don't think we've had more defensive touchdowns against any other team in the ACC since 2004 than, than our pick six ratio against Georgia Tech. So if we record a pick six this weekend, uh, it's going to be Mansour, Mansour Delane. Um, but yeah, riding momentum like Delane, excited to see him out there again this weekend. Also excited to see Alan Tisdale out there again, who had a really great night uh, last time out. So, all right, let's roll in, talk some more numbers. I don't know how many NBA fans listen to this podcast, but guess what, NBA fans? The wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today in the app. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Now, I don't know a ton about NBA hoops, but I do know that the New Jersey Nets or the Brooklyn Nets, see, there you go. I just proved my point. They're a train wreck. (laughs) They're a train wreck. They just fired their coach. So it may behoove you to fade that clown show in Brooklyn as they look to bring in a new coach and get back on track. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use promo code SOS, make any $5 bet this week, and get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code SOS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Grayson, what is the line on this game right now? Yes, sir. So Vegas currently has Virginia Tech listed as a four-point favorite for Saturday's matchup. We'll see how that fluctuates as as the week progresses. (laughs) <laughs> Grant, Watson yeah, always, Grant Watson always hooks us with his over-unders Hokie sacks two and a half I'm taking the under I'm taking the under under two and a half uh, our, de- our defensive line this season has been too inconsistent I don't know I just I don't see it I, I will take the over here um I don't say that confidently, though. Bryce Duke yeah. carries four and a half. Oh, over. 100% over. 100%. Okay. I, yeah. I, I think he's going to be rotated heavily. Okay. Um, I'll take the over as well. Hopefully we are uh, – Correct. You get, hopefully you get some carries in the fourth quarter. Hokies total yards, 320. Dude, you know what? I'm going to take the over. And why? Because this defense, they've been giving up four hundred an average of 426 yards per game. I don't know, dude. Like Caleb Smith's performance last week, I, I think we're gonna we're just going to send it on Saturday and just kind of throw everything we got at him. We're going to be at home. Usually I would not take the over here, but I'm taking the over on this one, actually. I'm going to take the under. Um, and I'm going to think that this is the – my bold prediction is that this is one of the first games where we see Virginia Tech win the field position battle um, due to our defense putting us in good position. Um, not necessarily the other way around, special teams. Now, this is going to be uh, credited to the defense, but 
That is a take that I'm not confident in either, but uh, that is my bold take of the week. Grayson, take us into Letters from the Pale. Yes, sir. Uh, so, looks like we only have – no, 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 we got a couple. Cool. Ted Hessing asks, and I quote, with injuries to the running back room, can we expect to see more Bryce Duke and justify his now-burned red shirt? How do the mounting injuries at cornerback affect other positions? i.e. does former cornerback Elijah Bowick return to that position? What's over under on number of new faces in this game? Well, we just talked about it. In in terms of referring to Bryce Duke, uh, I definitely think we're going to see him heavy rotated. I don't think Keyshawn is is really going to play a lot at all. If he's probable, I just don't see it. Uh, wasn't he probable for NC State? Because if he was, I mean, I just don't think we're going to see him. But to that point, I'd be very upset if if Bryce Duke does not get over four and a half carries on Saturday. Uh, and I, I think it's definitely necessary given how thin we are at the running back position. Can't just have Holston out there. You got to cycle through the guys, get the young guys reps, get uh, Chance Black and Chance to, uh, no pun intended, uh, get better at protecting the rock. Um, Ted, in terms of your, your cornerback-related question, I was looking at the depth chart that David Cunningham posted earlier today. Currently, uh, right now, the starting cornerbacks are listed as Armani Chapman and Monsor Delane, with DJ Harvey as Delane's backup, and Breon Murray is backing up Armani Chapman. And then you have Chamari Connor and Nasir Peoples, who are listed as the starting safeties. I don't think you're going to see anything crazy there. I don't think you're going to see really a whole lot of new guys. Jalen Stroman, I believe, is backing up Chamari Connor. Um, so, if anything, Don V had actually said this on his space post-NC State game last week. If we're going to do the whole, you know, just throw the new guys at them, don't do it until we have definitively and hopefully, hypothetically, lost a seventh game. Don't do it until it's like, okay, we're two and seven. Uh, but until then, dude, it's like I want to see the guys out there who are going to, I mean, obviously the most experienced, going to put us in the best chance to to win the football game. So hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, Cam Johnson's another guy we might see out there at corner. Um, I know that him and Devin Alves were both uh, both had intentions of being played against NC State at some point to spell out Monster Delane. And they both picked up injuries prior to the game. So I don't know if either of them will see them on Saturday, but um, yeah, that's I think Cam is still injured on the report today. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. But uh, Meg Greg. Yeah. Meg Greg. Meg Greg says, what is Dorian Strong's actual injury hand related? Presumably you can play with most hand injuries. Just seems like there is more to it. Uh, that's a good question. I I don't know. I do not know. I'm sure the medical staff would have a better answer there, but um, I yeah. hand injuries can be can be crazy. They can they can sideline someone for months, um, right? Yeah, you know, but it's like you know, is it a hand? Is it a finger? The wrist? Is it the wrist? Like you know, we we really don't have that much information on it. So fortunately, can't weigh in there. Um, and then. Sharky shout-outs. We've come to the end. I have a few shout-outs. One, totally forgot, totally glossed over this. The BCA Classic. Lightning hit my car. I don't know what a Hokie is, but God is one of them. Guys, if you uh, if you really want to 
take a look back in the history books of Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, go to the Hokie Sports article where they do the um, the series snapshot. They have some really cool pictures, and uh, one of them highlights the BCA Classic, which was a canceled game between Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech in 2000. It was the first game of the year. You had Herbie, you had Corso, you had Fowler, all there. You had and baby Grayson there. Grayson was there too. Four-year-old Gray, five-year-old Gray was there. The teams were lined up, ready to kick off, and then literally seconds away from starting the season, a bolt of lightning strikes right outside of Lane Stadium, and they canceled the football game, and Lee Corso's rental car was hit by lightning, and the game was never rescheduled. So, hokey history. The game that never happened. And this was when Tech and Georgia Tech weren't in the same conference. So this was a big-time game to start the 2000 season that actually never occurred. Um, Two other things. Uh, Sharkies. Go to Sharkies. Pick up a Sons of Saturday Sharkies t-shirt. They are down there. Uh, The Tailgate 2022 t-shirt is available for purchase at Sharkies. And then, uh, again, go to Main Street Pharmacy. Pick up a Center Street Athletics t-shirt. Shout out to our friends at Nitlo. K-N-I-T-L-O. Center Street Athletics. Get them online or at Main Street Pharmacy. And my last shout out, man, Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker's Tennessee Vols are number one in the college football playoff rankings here. The first rankings of the year, November 1st, the Tennessee Vols are number one. Big time matchup this weekend between the hedges. I cannot wait to watch that after uh, after a fun game and a fun day in Lane Stadium. Can you imagine if if Hendon freaking beats the Bulldogs? Good lord! Hope it happens. Another another chance for him to go out there and race his Heisman stock, as if it isn't hot enough already or high enough already. But I mean, I just think it it speaks volumes. It's really cool to see on the timeline, like. The Hokies love that kid and obviously want to see him succeed and, and win the Heisman, dude. Go go get it done. Go eat it up, man. It's it's so cool to see what he's doing. Um, my only shout-out this week is if you're in Los Angeles, if you're a Los Angeles Hokie, uh, we're doing a watch party at Boston Burke's place. He's going to be cooking breakfast for the L.A. Hokies, uh, which is very, very kind of him. All he asks is that you throw just think, like $10 cash his way. Uh, gonna have a great spread early morning, 9:30 a.m. Uh, address uh, is going to be posted on the Los Angeles Hokies Facebook page. So yeah, if you're here, we'll see you there on Saturday. I'm looking at this thing. Okay, so I'm really intrigued by this uh, this series snapshot. I'm looking at the caption. So they got some really good images on there. Where is this? What is uh, the sports? They do this every game. No. Josh Redding, Dave Cadella uh, are both linemen running out with Frank. And that was also the first ever time that Enter Salmon played in Lane Stadium was the BCA Classic in 2000. So the more you know, the more you know. We'll, maybe we'll post this pic uh, this week. That's, that's a sweet picture. All right, guys, that's a podcast. We're going to stop blabbering on. Uh, if you're in Blacksburg, come to Section 5 after the win. We're going to take a Section 5 win photo. I'm keeping the faith. Let's win a game on Saturday. Uh, We'll see you all there. Go Hokies. Go Hokies. 
All right, everybody, back with another one for y'all today. Today, we are joined by Brandon Guest, hailing from San Diego. Brandon, how you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, brother. Happy to be here. I will. We appreciate you doing this. So for those of y'all who don't know Brandon, Brandon, actually, I don't know how you did it, man, but you used to be roommates with one Billy Ray Mitchell in uh, in San Diego, California. So we're I'm, I'm going to explain to the fine people uh, who you are, uh, what, what we're having you on for. Um, we're actually partnering <clears throat> up with an organization in light of it being Veterans Day tomorrow, uh, November 11th. We are partnering with Stop Soldier Suicide, which is an organization. It's veteran-founded, veteran-led. It's a 501c3 organization focused solely on reducing the military suicide rate through world-class suicide intervention services. Their services are free, they're confidential, not DOD-affiliated, and tailored to the unique needs of each individual client. And since 2010, they've actually served over 3,500 clients. And today, zero active clients have died by suicide, which is awesome. That's that's very, very special. Um, so today, like I said, we're joined by Brandon here. Brandon served in the United States Armed Forces and Brandon, I'm just so the people know, and I, I'm actually not entirely sure the branch you served in. What branch of the United States military did you serve in? I was in the Navy for a month shy of 13 years. 13 years. When did you enlist? Uh, December 2007. Wow, man. So mm. was it was it like right after high school? That was that was it. I went to I went to Auburn and then I was there for a little bit and then I went ahead and uh, left there and enlisted in the in the Navy. So you were in the Navy for 13 years. What did you do in the Navy? Uh, I was a corpsman, so I was like on the medical side of the house. Which uh, because of that job, I pretty much know nothing about the Navy. I was with the Marines the entire time. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're you're kind of your day to day, I guess, was was just it varied. It was always yes. Different. It'd be some days in the clinic seeing patients, and the next I'd be at the rifle range or learning something about something with my Marines. Yeah, and how many how many times did you go overseas? How many times were you deployed? I uh, did six deployments. Six deployments. Gotcha. So you were out there a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Six deployments over thirteen years. That's uh, I imagine that's a lot. Uh, this it's it's time. it's it's. There's a couple small things here and there, but Iraq, Afghanistan. I actually did a training deployment to Ukraine, and then I co- did a couple sh- deployments on Muse with the Marines. Gotcha. So, in in light of stop soldier suicide, you know the <laughs> mental health. I think of veterans is often not taken nearly as seriously as it as it should be uh by the numbers how many veterans take their own life daily so the numbers kind of change obviously every year so and the va does like it's the best it can to track those numbers and actually so i have a couple here so from uh let's see here in 2021 a huge study came out that since 9 11 uh just over 30,000 uh, active duty and veterans uh, committed suicide, and compared to that number, only like seven thousand fifty-seven have died in combat. So that means that the active duty and veteran suicide rate is literally four times higher than people who have actually passed away in combat, which is crazy. I mean, that's- and then uh, 
I got let's I got one more. So it kind of the numbers have actually been going up uh, from in 2017 the national average was 22 to in 2020 the average was 28. Wow. Of like if you like break it down by the day, so the, on average 28 veterans or active duty committed suicide in the U.S. Wow, dang man, that's like again. You just kind of don't think about these things, um, which, you know, this is literally what Stop Soldier Suicide aims to prevent. Um, they've, like like we said, 3,500 clients to this day, zero active clients have died by suicide. So hey, it's, it's, it's a, that's, a, that's a pretty good margin right there. That is a pretty solid margin. Um, and also, Brandon, from what I understand, you've been – pretty active uh, in helping other veterans who suffer from PTSD and the like. Uh, how have those experiences kind of helped you in, in your civilian life? I wouldn't say that like helping those or her handling those situations have helped me. It's just more like a, like at the end of the day, you just got to help the next guy, like dudes helping dudes. Like sometimes you have to have that uncom- uncomfortable conversation with somebody. It doesn't necessarily need to be, uh, a veteran, but obviously like those guys will have like similar experiences and stuff. So just, I don't know, being grown man stuff, I guess. Yeah. Like knowing that there's a time and place for everything and be able to have an uncomfortable conversation to be able to help someone. So military puts you in a lot of uncomfortable situations. So now talking to guys that have gotten out or still in that are having issues, like you need to be able to just to, Say what you need to say. Right. No, I hear you. Um, so I guess in and and this is because I, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure if you've worked with any organizations similar to Stop Soldier Suicide, but how how do they I guess from your perspective help effectively help veterans? Uh, I think the biggest thing is um a lot of veterans uh from what I've looked up and stuff is that a lot of veterans when unfortunately that have committed suicide, a lot do it within the first couple of years of getting out. It's a big loss of purpose. Uh, it can be equated to anything like, like Billy Ray, who was a football player who had uh, growing up his such a huge portion of his life was football. And now that it, when he finished, it's like, okay, now what? Well, in the military, it's like you literally live, breathe and eat what your job is and everything. So when you get out and become a veteran, it's all gone. Like, and it's like, boom, like next day gone. So if you're not finding a purpose, which these organizations will help you do, uh, you'll be in trouble. So finding a purpose, linking you up with people who have had similar experiences, just to be able to talk and hang out with. Uh, there's a, a really good organization also around here. Uh, it's called PB Abate. Uh, and they just be, they're just able to, bring a lot of veterans together and just to be able to have talks, do experiences, do activities to give some people a mental break of things. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I mean, I, the Billy Ray analogy is kind of crazy. Uh, and, and I, I imagine in some capacity or another, when, when he had his career ending injury, I mean, it's kind of apples to oranges, but uh, you know, the loss of purpose is probably a big proponent of, of why, why if 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 you will so i I guess maybe people regular civilians don't think about that as much because they're just not 
accustomed to think they don't have to think about it. So, um, last, last question for you here, Brandon, um, tomorrow is an important day for a lot of different reasons. Uh, you know, I have plenty of family members who have served in the armed forces, plenty of friends. Uh, what is, what does veterans day mean to you? Why is it important? Um, and kind of what, what do you think about, uh, when, when you think about veterans day? Honestly, for me, I'm still like a new, a newly veteran. I got out the end of 2020. So this is, this is actually my second veterans day as a civilian. Uh, it's just, it's just, honestly, it's an excuse. It's an excuse to like mentally relive some memories, hit up some friends that have, that you served with. All right. Or talk to that family member who, like you, like you said, you had family who served and stuff. Just reminding them that they're loved and you remember them and you appreciate what they've done and everything. Cause like, uh, I think I looked it up since, uh, 9-11, uh, literally less than 1% of our nation has served in the armed forces. So out of the millions and millions of people we have in this country, literally it's like 0.727% have actually served. Wow. So we make a big deal about it, which I mean, it should like to remember our veterans to let like, to keep them in mind, but that percentage of people that are actually that are very, it's a very, very small. Right. Uh, well, what we're going to actually do is we're, we're teaming up with, uh, with stop soldier suicide and in the link in the article link to this episode, we're actually going to be doing a fundraiser uh, sons of Uprosum, you know, that I may serve, um, you know, we, you can you can donate at this link to stop soldier suicide, which I mean, what what an incredible cause, what an incredible organization uh, that that hits close to home to so many different people. Uh, I think that's a very and while I mean, there's that that number that you just shared, Brandon. You know, less than one percent have served. I think it hits so close to home. Like everybody knows someone who has served in the United States military, armed forces, what have you. Um, so it, it, it affects a lot of different people, but, uh, we, uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. And, and, and kind of telling your story a little bit. Um, and yeah, like, you know, how, how can, how can we follow you, Brandon? You know, how can, how can we keep up with you? Hey, at the end of the day, I'm just another guy, brother. Heck yeah, man. Well, I love that. Uh, well, we appreciate you. Uh, thank you so much. And again, y'all. Stop Soldier Suicide. You can follow them, uh, and that link will be in the article. So, heck yeah. We appreciate you, brother. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand by the saw you. Dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know it's what you're thinking Please don't go to sweat and Trash your friend's place Wake up the next day and do it again And all that she said is And all that she said is Enough to reach out to you and say